This morning, we are encountering yet another gospel that's only, I think, what, five verses. But in these five verses is contained so much information that it's just a shame that we don't have more time to talk about these scriptural passages because Christ had a way to always outdo whoever was trying to outdo him. If you recall from a few weeks ago, we had the case of the lawyer going to Christ and putting him into temptation, ekpirazon. Remember this from a few weeks ago? And he says to the Lord, you know, what should I do to inherit the kingdom of heaven? And the Lord says to him, how do you read? And he goes through a description, and he says then the parable of the Good Samaritan. You'll remember a few weeks ago that we had the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Remember this? Where the rich man, very wealthy, lived the life, lived the dream. They both die, and all of a sudden, everything is flipped on its head. Lazarus, the poor guy, is in the bosom of Abraham, and the rich man is suffering terribly. So in the four Sundays that precede the feast of in November, the four Sundays in November that go right before Christmas, we have three of the four making references to wealthy people and rich men. So, it seems to me that the evangelist Luke has a very, very heightened sensitivity to the poor and those in need. And so he recounts in his gospel, we only find the story of the Good Samaritan. In his gospel, we only find the rich man and Lazarus. In his gospel, we only find today's passage. So you see, Luke is definitely leading us down the path of what it, what's important to Christ and how he remembers and recalls all that. And guess what we're going to talk about next week? This guy who's rich that goes to Christ and says, what should I do to inherit the kingdom? And Christ tells him, go sell everything, give it to the poor, and come follow me. And he's like, I can't do that. So you're going to have to stay tuned for next week to come back, and we'll finish off what we're going to say today. But there is this impression, let's be honest, that, oh, if I have wealth, if I'm wealthy, oh boy, I'm in trouble. I'm going to go to H-E-double-L. But that's not the case at all, friends. I mean, just a few days ago, we had the feast day of St. Matthew the Evangelist. St. Matthew was a tax collector. He had a lot of money. He had cheated a lot of people, presumably. But then he meets Christ, and his whole life is flipped. And not only does he become a follower of Christ, an apostle of Christ, he became one of only four evangelists of Christ to write the life of Jesus Christ. And can I remind you all of Zacchaeus? You remember him? Remember Zacchaeus? He was a short guy, couldn't see Jesus. So he runs up on a sycamore tree. He's a tax collector, really bad man. And Jesus stops in this parade of people and says, come down here, Zacchaeus. And he falls at Christ and said, Lord, whatever I cheated anyone, I'm going to pay back four times. Well, if I cheat to win $10 and I'm giving back $40, I'm losing money. And Zacchaeus becomes saved. Christ says to him, today salvation has come to your home, Zacchaeus. I'm going to come and dine with you. I'm staying at your house tonight. So we can't confuse 
that wealthy people go to H-E-L-L, and we can't assume that poor people go to heaven. Look at Judas. Judas was poor. But it says he loved money, and he loved to put his hand in the money basket. That's what the Bible says. He was a poor guy who didn't end up in a good place. So what's the problem? The problem is exactly what Christ said. And I, and I, I want to read this gospel because it's so short. It says, the Lord said this parable. The land of a rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For now I have nowhere to store my crops. He says, huh? I will do this. I will pull down my barns and my storage closets, in other words, and build larger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, be merry. And here comes a roundhouse. It says, But God said to him, fool, Aphron is the Greek word, fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? And Christ says, so it is, he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. And as he said these things, he said, Those who have ears, let them hear. What does it mean to be rich? What does it mean to be a rich person? In today's understanding, it means I have a lot of properties, akinita, you know, unmovables, rental properties. I have a lot in my bank account. I'm a person, you know, who maybe has expensive things or I don't know, whatever the case may be. But we have to remember, friends, that... Kind of like what I said to the kids, you can't, be, you can't be in the light of Christ and then also not in the light of Christ. We have to be one or the other. And what do I mean by that? In the Bible, it says something really interesting. The earth, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it. Guess what? Everything we have is not ours. We came into this world, forgive me, naked, owning absolutely nothing. And I'm telling all of us here today, we will leave exactly the same way. They used to say that the nekrika sava, not the sava, or the, the cloud we put, the shroud we put over our bodies, they don't have any pockets. They're pocketless on purpose. You can't stuff things in there. And by the way, perhaps you didn't know this, but you cannot wire money to heaven. I don't know if you knew that. Some people think, I'll tell my bank, you know, they'll send it up. To add some humor, because I don't want to scare you. You know the saying where the man died and they had left all this cash in his casket and his son took it and wrote a check and put it in the casket and said, Dad, here, you know, cash that when you get there. So everything we own, friends, is not ours, not ours. And that's why we are all the same. We will not be judged by the amount of wealth we'll have. We're going to be judged by what we did with God's 
wealth who he allowed us to be stewards of. Today, actually, this gospel, I don't see Bill Chimanis here. Today's gospel could be a whole lesson about stewardship. If I gave you a billion dollars, what would you do? Buy me a gift? I gave you everything you own. I gave you the money you have. I gave you the intelligence you use at work to be able to do what you do. I gave you health enough to be able to walk. This is God speaking, not me. I gave you health enough to walk, to talk, to get out of your bed, to run from one job site to the next job site. I gave you everything. So it's not what we have that's going to judge us. It's what we do with what we have because everything is God's. So God says to you, here is $50. Father Van der Leemon, here you go. I just want you to hold on to this for 50 years, 60 years, 100 years of your life. And guess what? Just hand it off to the next person. That's what we do in life. Nothing we have is ours because we don't take anything with us. So there's a question here, which I think is important to ask. How come the rich man in this story is called Afron, foolish? This word I found it only two other times in the Bible, Afron. It's in the Old Testament where the psalmist says, the person who wrote the Psalms, Ipen, Afron, The fool said in his heart that God does not exist. Who's an Afron? The person who doesn't believe in God is an Afron, is foolish. Why? Because he's going to wake up one morning and realize that God does exist. And God will have a reckoning and ask, let me see the playback, the replay of your life. Let me see what you did with all the things I gave you. Afron appears in this passage, and then Afron again appears in one of the writings of St. Paul, where he says, Afron is the man who doesn't believe in the resurrection. All this is woven together, you see, that we as Christians here this morning have to be careful. And I think in tied to this stewardship idea of we will not be judged by how much we were given, by even from the little. That's why we say, friends, that charity and giving has nothing to do with the amount. People think that if I give $100, I am more valuable to God than if I only gave 10. That's not the way it works with God. God sees your thoughts. God sees your heart. This rich man was judged. Why? If any of you were going to go in front of a court, what would you be judged by? The things you did. He, Father Pandelemon, stole money from the bank. And I go in front of court and I'm judged because I stole money. They have proof that I stole money, right? Or let's say uh, something else. I, I shenanigans someone and I took something. Or I broke a car and stole their radio. They caught me breaking. I did something. In this story, what did the rich man do? He didn't do anything. He thought. He said, I will build. I will make my soul. I will live the good life. Look, I have so much stored up. I have plenty of time. 
and you know what happens. The doorbell rings, your number's called, and it's time to go. And when that happens, friends, it's too late. It's way too late at that point. So we have to be a little bit more focused. Why? Because we don't want to be called fools by God. So the first thing we should do today, that's why we have the prayer team 411, is we want to give thanks to God. The rich man failed to say thank you. He had all this abundance. Couldn't he have said one thank you? All of us have so much. Goodness, we're here today. We're not dying. Thank God we're here. We can say thank you. Right? Don't be a fool that your soul needs to drink and party in order to be happy. Your soul needs to be connected to Christ, all of us, in order to find the joy that God wants us to have. Don't be a fool because you think that you have plenty of years ahead. There was a great story. I love stories from the Yerondiko. It's a collection of writings from the desert fathers and mothers. And it says there, one of the old abbots, one of the old holy men of the desert, an angel of the Lord came to him and said, Yeronda, go into the city. You have 40 more years of life. Go and take a stroll in the downtown area. You haven't gone in 50 years. So Yeronda said, you know what? Ah, I have 40 more years. Why not? I'll take a break. I'll take it easy. I've, I've built up so much spiritual wealth, I can kill a day in the city. And because God had pity on him, an angel of the Lord appeared and said to him, Yerunda, where are you going? Where are you going? He goes, where am I going? A ride, a walk into the city. He said, in three days you will lose your soul. And truthfully, the Yerunda made his cross, couldn't believe that he was deceived by a so-called angel, returned to his hut and died three days later in repentance and crying and asking forgiveness of God. So don't let's not be fools and think we have all the time in the world. You know, I'll put my, my life in order with God. You know, I got some time. You know, when I get older, I'll start going to church. Doesn't work like that. All of us have seen the tragedies that have hit. So... I don't feel like I did a good job today trying to convey which I have so many ideas. That's my problem. But remember this. Let us be rich towards God. And the way we do that is by giving from our hearts. St. John Chrysostom says something beautiful. Where are the storehouses of the wealthy? He says the empty stomachs of the poor. That's where the storehouses are. And when we build treasure like that, friends, when we invest in the kingdom where the moths and the rust can't get hold of, here everything f decays, frails out, ruins. When we invest in an eternal investment, when we're buying you know, spiritual bonds in the kingdom, that's where we're storing an eternal treasure. And then God will see what we've done with what he gives us of his own things, and we'll say, you are a good and faithful steward of what I gave you. You can come into my kingdom.
May we be wise, especially during this time of Thanksgiving, which we will celebrate next week, where all of us will certainly gather around the table with plenty, plenty of food. Let's say thank you, Lord. Let's be grateful knowing that our time is not forever here. And let's see if we can even, even something, do something which would be impactful to a family in need to help them.